Long History The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus Part 2 The Atlantic Crossing Excessive and Consuming Heat Hello and welcome to Long History. This is the second episode of the document we're covering called The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus. We've already covered the first two journeys here on Long History, and the briefest summary of both of those journeys is available in the first episode of this series. Don't forget we've got lots of other documents available about early exploration, including names such as Francis Drake, Vasco da Gama, Magellan, and many more. We like to take first-hand accounts from history and serialize them in 10-minute chunks or so. This is the second episode of a 10-part series, so don't forget to subscribe to be informed of when the remaining episodes are released. And now we'll get on with the story so far. On Columbus's third journey, there are six ships, and they've been split into two groups. One group is heading directly for Dominica and the Caribbean, and then towards Hispaniola. That's where the Spanish have set up their earliest settlements. In the meantime, Columbus wants to find new lands, so he's heading further south towards the Cape Verde Islands off the coast of Africa. Then he plans to cross the Atlantic, heading west with the intention of discovering new islands to the south and east of Dominica. So far, Columbus has only discovered islands on his journeys, but in this voyage he hopes to find a rumoured mainland. Columbus already thinks he's heading into uncharted waters in this episode by heading further south from the Canaries, not realising that just a year earlier Vasco da Gama had already sailed the same route. And just a footnote before we begin, there's reference to the Cape Verde Islands here, and Cape Verde means Green Cape in English. And a second footnote is that just before Columbus set off on this third journey, the Portuguese and the Spanish had made an agreement mentioned here about where the Spanish and the Portuguese could explore. It's a very historic treaty that would divide the world into two, into a Portuguese and a Spanish world, at that time anyway, called the Treaty of Torresillas. But as this episode begins, we're on the island of Gomera, La Gomera today, in the Canary Islands. So this is The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus, Part 2, The Atlantic Crossing, Excessive and Consuming Heat. Having then taken wood and water and other provisions, especially cheese, of which there are many and good ones there, the Admiral made sail with his six ships on Thursday, June the 21st, towards the island of Hierro, which is distant from Gomera, about 15 leagues, and of the seven Canaries is the one farthest to the west. Passing it, the Admiral took his course with one ship and two caravels for the islands of Cape Verde, and dismissed the other three ships in the name of the Holy Trinity. And he says that he entreated the Holy Trinity to care for him and for all of them. And at the setting of the sun they separated, and the three ships took their course for this island. Here the Admiral makes mention to the sovereigns of the agreement that they had made with the King of Portugal, that the Portuguese should not go to the westward of the Azores and Cape Verde Islands, and also mentions how the sovereign sent for him that he should be present at the meetings in regard to the partition, and that he could not go on account of the grave illness which he had incurred in the discovery of the mainland of the Indies, that is to say of Cuba, which he always regarded as the mainland even until the present time, as he could not circumnavigate it. He adds further that then occurred the death of Don Juan, before he could carry out the matter. 
Then the Admiral, continuing on his way, arrived at the Cape Verde Islands, which according to what he says have a false name, because he never saw anything green, but all things dry and sterile. The first thing he saw was the island of La Salle, Wednesday, June 27th, and it is a small island. From there he went to another, which is called Buena Vista, and is very sterile, where he anchored in a bay, and near it is a very small island. To this island come all the lepers of Portugal to be cured, and there are not more than six or seven houses on it. The Admiral ordered the boats to go to land to provide themselves with salt and flesh, because there are a great number of goats on the island. There came to the ships a steward to whom that island belonged, named Rodrigo Alonso, notary public of the exchequer of the King of Portugal, who offered to the Admiral what there was on the island of which he might be in need. The Admiral thanked him and ordered that he should be given some supplies from Castile, which he enjoyed very much. Here he relates how the lepers came there to be cured because of the great abundance of turtles on that island, which commonly are as large as shields. By eating the flesh and constantly bathing in the blood of these turtles, the lepers become cured. The turtles, in infinite number, come there three months in the year, June, July and August, from the mainland, which is Ethiopia, to lay eggs in the sand, and with the claws and legs they scratch places in the sand and spawn more than 500 eggs, as large as those of a hen, except that they have not a hard shell, but a tender membrane which covers the yolk, like the membrane which covers the yolk of the hen's egg after taking off the hard shell. They cover the eggs in the sand as a person would do, and there the sun hatches them, and the little live turtles come out and then run in search of the sea, as if they had come out of it alive. They take the turtles there in this manner. At night, with the lights which are torches of dry wood, they go searching for the track of the turtle which is easily traced and find the turtle tired and sleeping. They come up quickly and turn it over with the belly up and leave it, sure that it cannot turn itself back and go in search of another. And the Indians do the same in the sea. If they come upon one asleep and turn it over, it remains safe for them to take it whenever they wish. The Indians, however, have another great device for taking them on the sea, which will be explained, God willing when we give a description of Cuba. The healthy persons on that island of Buena Vista who lead a laborious life with six or seven residents who have no water except brackish water from wells and whose employment is to kill the big goats and salt the skins and send them to Portugal in the caravels which come there for them, of which in one year they kill so many and send so many skins that they are worth 2,000 ducats to the notary public to whom the island belonged. Such a great multitude of goats, male and female, have been grown there from only eight original head. Those who live there neither eat bread nor drink wine during four or five months, nor anything else except goat flesh or fish or turtles. All this they told to the admiral. He left there Saturday, June the 30th, at night for the island of Santiago, 
where he arrived on Sunday at the hour of Vespers, because it is distant 28 leagues, and this is the principal one of the Cape Verde Islands. He wished to take from this island a herd of black cattle, in order to carry them to Española as the sovereigns had ordered, and he was there eight days and could not get them. And because the island is very unhealthy, since men are burned with heat there and his people commence to fall ill, he decided to leave it. The admiral says again that he wishes to go to the south, because he intends, with the aid of the Most Holy Trinity, to find islands and lands that God may be served, and their highnesses, and Christianity may have pleasure, and that he wishes to see what was the idea of King Don Juan of Portugal, who said that there was a mainland to the south. And because of this, he says that he had a contention with the sovereigns of Castile. And finally, the admiral says that it was concluded that the king of Portugal should have 370 leagues to the west from the islands of the Azores and Cape Verde, from north to south, from pole to pole. And the admiral says further that the said King Don Juan was certain that within those limits famous lands and things must be found. Certain principal inhabitants of the island of Santiago came to see them, and they said that to the southwest of the island of Huego, which is one of the Cape Verde Islands distant 12 leagues from this, may be seen an island, and that the king Don Juan was greatly inclined to send to make discoveries to the southwest, and that canoes had been found which start from the coast of Guinea and navigate to the west with merchandise. Here, the admiral says again, as if he were speaking with the sovereigns, He, that is three and one, guides me by his pity and mercy that I may serve him and give great pleasure to your highnesses and to all Christianity, as was done in the discovery of the Indies, which resounded throughout all the world. Wednesday, July the 4th, he ordered sail made from that island in which he says that since he arrived there, he never saw the sun or the stars, but that the heavens were covered with such a thick mist that it seemed they could cut it with a knife, and the heat was so very intense that they were tormented, and he ordered the course laid to the way of the southwest, which is the route leading from these islands to the south, in the name, he says, of the holy and indivisible trinity, because then he would be on a parallel with the land of the Sierra of Loire and Cape of Santa Ana in Guinea, which is below the equinoctial line, where he says that below that line of the world are found more gold and things of value. And after that, he would navigate the Lord pleasing to the west, and from there would go to this Española, in which route he would prove the theory of the King John aforesaid, and that he thought to investigate the report of the Indians of this Española, who said that there had come to Española from the south and southeast a black people who have the tops of their spears made of a metal which they call guanin, of which he had sent samples to the sovereigns to have them assayed, when it was found that of thirty-two pods, eighteen were of gold, six of silver, and eight of copper. Following this course to the southwest, 
he commenced to find grasses like those encountered in the direct way to these Indies. And the Admiral says here that after having gone 480 miles, which make 120 leagues, that at nightfall he took the latitude and found that the North Star was in 5 degrees. Yet it seems to me that he must have gone more than 200 leagues, and that the text is in error, because it is necessary to traverse more than 200 leagues on that course from the Cape Verde Islands and Santiago whence he started to put a ship within 5 degrees of the equator, as any sailor will observe who will judge it by the map and by the latitude. And he says that there, Friday, July the 13th, the wind deserted him, and he entered into heat so great and so ardent that he feared the ships would take fire and the people perish. The ceasing of the wind and coming of the excessive and consuming heat was so unexpected and sudden that there was no person who dared to descend below to care for the butts of wine and water, which swelled, breaking the hoops of the casks, the wheat burned like fire, the pork and salted meat roasted and putrefied. This ardent heat lasted eight days. As this episode ends, we leave Columbus in the middle of the Atlantic, suffering from the equinoctial heat. And here is perhaps where we begin to notice the rather strange jumbled narrative here. This was written by Las Casas in his History of the Indies, and he's kind of reporting or summarising the Journal of Columbus which has been lost to time. And this results in a strange narrative where Las Casas reports Columbus's journal, such as in the following sentence. Here the Admiral makes mention to the sovereigns of the agreement they had made with the King of Portugal. So it's a rather strange summation of what Las Casas is reading in this text about a message to the sovereigns of Spain. Las Casas also contradicts Columbus's account of how many leagues it was from Cape Verde to the Caribbean. Las Casas says, Yet it seems to me that he must have gone more than 200 leagues. So there's this strange correcting of Columbus's journal as well. And we will see this throughout this narrative. The final detail to note is this mention of Don Juan, the King of Portugal, and his rumours that there must be some mainland. It's really the main reason for Columbus justifying this voyage at all. And in this voyage, we'll see what exactly Columbus does discover. Thank you for listening, everyone, to this latest episode of Long History. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, please do give it a like and share it if you can. There are another eight episodes to go in this series, so don't forget to subscribe. And please do explore. I'm sure lots of episodes will be available on your podcast provider. But we now have 250 or more episodes available on our website, longhistory.net. Feel free to explore. In the meantime, this was the third voyage of Christopher Columbus, Part 2, The Atlantic Crossing, Excessive and Consuming Heat.